All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Rifle Channel podcast. I am here with Christopher Tressler and Rusty Ulmer, the match directors for the Axis Works Challenge in Arizona, coming up in a couple of weeks. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Good, good. Good, good. Thanks for asking. Terrific. So for everybody out there in the community, can you guys give us a quick uh, a quick bio about yourself? You go ahead, Christopher. So uh, I started uh, shooting precision rifle matches in about 2011. And uh, here in northern Arizona, we've been uh, putting on matches in Ash Fork or at Big Sandy for the last uh, couple of years. I enjoy shooting in uh, long-range precision rifle matches. And uh, there was a lack of matches here in northern Arizona. And so uh, we had the opportunity to utilize this uh, this land at Big Sandy. And it's been a, a really good experience hosting matches and um, working with the NRL. Awesome. Rusty, how about yourself, sir? Uh, I started shooting this uh, precision rifle game um, almost three years ago. And uh, started shooting the... Uh, what they call local matches down in uh, in Phoenix, down at Buckeye when AZL LRPRS was down there. And uh, it's a little over three and a half hours for me to get there, but uh, it's as local as they get. And then Christopher started uh, the Big Sandy up, and it's it's about four hours from me, but it's still as local as it gets. So I've been shooting those for the last couple of years since he started those. But I, uh, I haven't done any match directing yet till now. So now, and you guys are doing a phenomenal job. Uh, everybody that's been following on social media through the NRL website, uh, your Instagram page, um, the whole nine yards, you guys are, are just on top of it. And for, you know, Tressor, we've had the opportunity of working together for a little while. And Rusty, this is, like you said, your, your debut into match directing. But you guys have been on top of your game. And I just want to say thank you. It's been a, a real pleasure um, helping be a part of this match because you guys have done a phenomenal job. Yeah, I think uh, I think us selling out so fast is uh, attributed to uh, the NRL doing a good job of, of promoting the series and people liking what we've got going on in the West. And then uh, Rusty has put together uh, a, a really good course of fire. And uh, I think it speaks to a lot of people on the type of shooting that we do. Uh, it's really a field course and the, I'm really excited to host everybody. So without giving away too much information um, or, you know, too much description on the course of fire, Rusty, how would you describe this? Because I've seen you shoot at several different types of matches. And in my opinion, you're, you're a top tier shooter on almost any playing field. So what did, uh, what did the mad scientist come up with for this match? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was it was difficult because when I when I start to write these different courses of fire, the different stages, you know, it's it's tempting to try to make them difficult. Um, but uh, I've really tried to tone it down. Talking to you know previous match directors, of course, Christopher has been a huge help on that, and uh, a, a lot of the other match directors that I know, you know, they're kind of guiding me a little bit on target size. And it was a really big help when the NRL came out with target size recommendations, you know, that, uh, that helped me tone it down a little bit, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to make it to where it's going to be enjoyable for everybody. There's some easier stages. There's definitely a few more difficult stages. A lot of the stages may start out easy and get difficult toward the end. Um, just trying to make it to where it'll challenge everybody 
but everybody's going to score some points and have some fun. Terrific. Now, again, without giving away too much, what do you think, or what stage, or stage name, what do you think is going to be the stage that's going to be the most difficult for competitors to to, to tackle, so to speak? Oh, uh, there's... Well, it's going to be Crossfire? There, yeah, Crossfire, Crossfire is going to be a lot of fun and interesting, but I don't think it's the most difficult. Um, I think... Like I say, there's a lot of them that may start off easy and then it gets a little harder and then it gets really hard toward the end. So cleaning some of the stages, there's one stage that no one will clean. Um, oh, <laughs> challenge. Challenge. <laughs> there's, I just can't see it happening. And I intentionally did it that way. Um, and it's the tiebreaker stage. That's called uh, bowling for dollars. Um, nice. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's a, a lot of stages where, you know, time will definitely be a, a difficult constraint, but, uh, there's, like I say, there's several of them that'll be difficult, but I, I would say that that one, just because it's uncleanable, well, I guess it's uncleanable for normal humans. Maybe, uh, maybe some of those top dogs, I just can't see it though. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Tress? Are you, have you had a chance to see the course of fire yet? Yeah. Rusty and I've been out there, uh, a uh, couple weekends now setting targets and setting stages and uh i mean there's this uh uh the bowling for dollars one is definitely difficult there's uh um, a coyote hunting type stage that uh is uh is pretty exciting i mean pretty realistic for what uh um, people might encounter and uh with a twist uh to you know get uh, extra points and so it's uh, it's definitely a challenge at big sandy because uh we want to challenge uh the shooters, but uh, if the wind comes up, uh, we want to still make things uh, enjoyable. And so I think Rusty's done a really good job trying to find that balance. But uh, it's a it's a pretty unique course of fire. A lot of stages I hadn't thought of before. And Rusty's a really creative person, and so uh, I think uh, I think this match is going to be known for the course of fire and uh, and and the camaraderie. I mean the the parties and everything that we have there. But the course of fire is definitely uh, it's got some unique stages. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think, uh, like, Christopher, like Christopher mentioned, that uh, that coyote hunting stage, that's called uh, it's called road hunting with Nils, <laughs> named after Nils Foley. He's he's the one that kind of how I got the idea for the stage. He was telling me about an actual coyote hunt scenario that he went through, and that's what gave me the idea. But uh, of any of the cleanable stages, that's probably going to be the the most difficult one to to actually clean. Nice. Now, how many different courses of fire are you guys um, having for the match? There's 22 stages. So 11 and 11? Well, yeah, there's two courses of fire of 11 stages each. We're going to try to get more than one course of fire done on the first day just because we really need to get several of the next course of fire stages done Saturday so that we can finish on Sunday in time to get all the awards and everything done at a, at a reasonable hour while it's still daylight outside. Yeah, we're, we're excited. Uh, we have a couple backup stages and uh, we have uh, Scott Siderly is donating the use of his mover. And uh, so we'll, we should have a moving target stage as well. Oh, that's going to be a ton of fun. That should be awesome. Now, on a administrative side, you know, Christopher, you've been doing this for a couple of years. Rusty, you, you know, this is your, your first uh, adventure into match directing. 
What would you say has been the most challenging for you guys working together for the first time? And Rusty being a first-time match director and Chris, you know, being uh, a somewhat seasoned match director. Well, um, you know, I, I didn't really know all of the ins and outs, obviously. And so I've been having to ask Christopher about every little step to take. And, and he's been a, a great source of information and, and helping, helping me just know what to do and how to do it. Um, he's kind of busy at work and sometimes it's a little difficult to get a hold of him, but uh, <laughs> so it, it slows, slows me down a little bit in that respect, but you know, we work real well together and, and uh, um, the most difficult thing, I don't know, everybody, all the new match directors always say how, how time consuming it's been. And boy, that's an understatement. It's a, it's a huge time commitment, but you know, it's, it's also been a ton of fun. I mean, there's just so many people to communicate with all of the sponsors, all of the suitors. Um, but it's, it's been fun. Yeah. I nice. think, uh, given, uh, given the remote location of big Sandy and, uh, maybe we want to give people lunch and, uh, we want to do uh, a, a dinner, and so for me, uh, organizing that food is a, it's kind of a unique uh, obstacle. But uh, we had a lot of luck with the Guardian Long Range uh, match. And uh, we found a guy that uh, barbecues out of Phoenix. And uh, he did a phenomenal job. And so we're bringing him back out. Yes. Uh, for, he had great uh, food. I'm excited. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he did. And so, uh, uh, yeah, for me, I mean, it's it's those. It's uh, maybe not uh, so much the course of fire or the targets, but it's all the other details. You want to have backups for things. You want to make sure you communicate with people. Uh, it's uh, um, a lot of the smaller details that if uh, if you if you miss one, it kind of has a, a, a domino effect for the for the things. But right. yeah, it's uh, Rust has been uh, pretty solid and um, definitely have my list. And we shared that with all the match directors. Our match director kind of task list for every match. What we um, what what you should um, be paying attention to. And uh, I guess I'm a list person as part of being an engineer. I want everything written down. I want to see it. <laughs> and uh, we can uh, mark things off the list. And so That's awesome. You guys, like I said at the beginning of the show, have been super organized. If I didn't know better, I would assume that you guys have been working together for several years. And this is like your fifth or sixth season doing this because it's been, um, it's been great and easy working with you, even down to the point where um, you know, Rusty's, you know, bringing suggestions to the NRL as far as, hey, you know, maybe we should get a better med kit. And so, you know, he sourced that and we went out and got a med kit for, for the matches and, and uh, shot timers. And, you know, Rusty gave us a, a, a nice, uh, a nice healthy list of items that will help make matches better. And he's right. And we went out and got those. And, and so we're very, very uh, excited to be able to support you guys in that way. Um, with Big Sandy, as you had mentioned, being a remote location, one of, I think, the most unique parts about Big Sandy, besides the actual match, is the fact that everybody, well, not everybody, but a majority of people camp out there. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I like Tyler. Uh, Tyler's kind of philosophy is to make the matches a social event, and uh, he's really promoted that, and that's uh, kind of added a whole different layer to the NRL. And uh, so Big Sandy has got that huge area where people camp. We have a fire and uh, get crazy a little bit. 
uh, and have fun. And uh, it's definitely, I mean, the, the people are traveling from all over to come and, and the local group. Uh, I think we all look forward to that, uh, that event and that camaraderie. Yeah, that uh, that potluck dinner that we that we always have there on Friday night has always been such a, a fun, huge success that uh, we talked about it and decided to go ahead and do one on Saturday night as well. Since, like you say, most people camp there, and it's just a really fun time. So we decided to go ahead and do that. Both Terrific. Nights. Terrific. That's that's awesome. So now that we talked about the match a little bit, you guys are. Um, as many people know, or some of you may not know, the NRL is comprised of our uh, match directors, which also act as our board of directors, and they help establish the rules for the following season or their upcoming season, and they suggest changes and, and all kinds of stuff. And when the NRL was developed, it was really about uh, the shooters being there for the shooters and, and having a voice. Um as match directors, but also as board of directors for the NRL, what are you guys most excited about for the 2019 season? The specific match, an idea, a concept? Is there anything out there that kind of sticks out to you? Well, I, I wish I'm, you I'm, listeners could see this because both of them are both of them are grinning because we're on video right now, and none of these questions were given to them before we started this call. So both of them are, are grinning right now. <laughs> well, I, I'm excited for the season just to see just to see the way it turns out. Um, of course, I'm excited to see how this match turns out. A little nervous about it, but um, I'm kind of excited to see how the uh, the new scoring system works out. I'm I'm hoping that everybody's going to like that. Um, it's kind of an unknown just because we haven't done it before. Um, I know that I've heard that it's been suggested several times. It's never been tried. So anxious to see how that works out and how, how everybody likes it. Um, also the, the changes that we made, um, to the rules about the, uh, the target sizing, I think that'll help allevi alleviate concerns about the, uh, so-called meatball match potential. Now, I don't think we have to worry about that so much anymore. And the scoring system should help alleviate that issue as well. So kind of excited to see how all that turns out. Yeah, I think uh, every year uh, I'm impressed with the level of support that sponsors and other uh, industry uh, uh, supporters give uh, to the NRL or to, to these types of matches. And it's exciting to see uh, the level of commitment that just keeps increasing every year. And not just uh, on prize tables, but uh, side matches. Uh, uh, MDT, we're doing that side match with them. Uh, Adam McDonald's from uh, up in Canada is potentially going to be sending out some of his products. And uh, it's, uh, it's amazing the level of support that we're getting uh, to help put the matches on, the equipment. And uh, so I think we're going to see the quality of matches increase, but then the prizes and the prize tables are uh, I mean, many times I've heard it where they're like, well, things are slowing down and it seems like uh, we, every time we turn around that price tables are getting bigger and, and staying as strong maybe as they ever were. Yeah, you know, I, uh, of course, I've never dealt with the sponsors before, but I was just amazed at how when I, when we started putting together this match price table rifle, you know, I had an idea that I wanted to, to use the match rifle on one of the stages as a uh, as a drop gun for two shots for each shooter and uh i started going to all the different you know trying to source all the parts and eric 
Goss from Axis Works was building the gun, but man, I, all I did was mention it to all these different um, sponsors, these different uh, different manufacturers of for barrels, benchmark barrels. I mentioned it to them. They said, "Heck yeah, you know, MPA. This is what we want to do with your chassis. Heck yeah." No one even hesitated. I mean, I could go on and list the whole all of them, but uh, it was amazing at how anxious they were to, to help. And that's really been impressive to me. And another thing is, like Christopher mentioned briefly, the support that we get from the NRL just floored me. I mean, you guys do so much to help. I had no idea. And uh, it makes our job so much easier as match directors. So really appreciate that. Of course. Yeah, we should. Good, Chester. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say that uh, we should we should round off that rifle. <coughs> that Vortex is going to give us a Razor Gen 2 for the top of it. Rusty's loading the ammo for it. That's going to be Dasher. I don't know how people feel about shooting a Dasher. but uh, <laughs> So we have a Vortex scope, uh, the Razor Gen 2. We have the Trigger Tech Trigger. We have the MPA chassis. And who gave us the action, Rusty? The action was donated by Lone Peak Arms and uh, the barrel was benchmark barrels um, the brake was precision uh, precision rifles the uh, Andy Hawkins from Hawkins Precision donated a, a set of his rings um, the, uh, the paint job is beautiful it was done by Area 15 out of a uh, I think they're in Mesa or Apache Junction, Arizona. Um, of course, Eric Goss at Axis Works did the did the chamber job, and yes, it is in Dasher. We don't want to hurt anybody's shoulder <laughs> on this uh, on this shoot when they have to shoot this gun. Um, trying to think of what other parts I'm forgetting on it. Bipod? Um, no, it doesn't come with a bipod, and uh, no one donated a bipod for it. It's actually MPA donated the chassis, and we're going to be use their we're going to be using their uh, barricade stop system on a barricade. That's how they're going to be shooting it. So oh, okay. they're going to be showing off the barricade stop system from the MPA chassis and how that works. Terrific, terrific. So there's no need for a bipod then. No need for a bipod on this one during this shoot anyway. But yeah, the scope, the Vortex scope is going to have the new uh, what is it? Uh, EBR 7C reticle in it with their new reticle. So excited for everybody to be able to see that as well. Oh, that'll be phenomenal. I wasn't uh, sure that they were going to be able to get that to you guys in time. So that's, that's huge. That's awesome. Um, now with these rifles and with these builds and the sponsors and everything that's coming into play, um, what do you guys see as the future of the sport, not not NRL, not PRS, but precision rifle shooting as a whole. Oh, I think uh, I think it'll continue to grow. We'll see uh, matches uh, keep popping up, and people may not have to travel quite as far to go to matches. But uh, I mean, uh, real creative people are coming on a lot more creative than me, uh, coming up with different course of fires. I know in the beginning, people. Uh, we're describing the sport as practical precision rifle, and uh, they really want us to be in hunting or military police type scenarios. And uh, I mean, the sports evolved past a lot of that, and uh, wouldn't say that. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some 
uh, pretty crazy stages out there. And uh, but it's uh, it's evolving and it's got its own flair to it now. And I think as uh, as more match directors get involved and more people weigh in, we're just going to see things evolve. That's one of the great things I think about this sport is that every match you go to is different. Every stage you shoot is different. You know, it, uh, you never know what to expect, and and uh, it's up to the imagination of the match directors. And and uh, like I say, that's one of the most enjoyable things for me about it. There you go. So. For us, just coming back from SHOT Show, and this is our first uh, podcast that we're recording after SHOT Show, um, a lot of people have been asking, you know, what's, you know, what the response was during during SHOT. And I'll tell you what, there's been companies that we've been meeting with that I had no idea that they would even be interested in what we're doing. Um, so hopefully here we'll, we'll be able to get these deals wrapped up before your match. And I think you're going to start to see some names that you're very familiar with um, on match prize tables, but be like, that didn't make any sense until you saw what they put on the table. So it just goes to show that this, this sport is truly, truly growing. And when you have companies like Daniel Defense, you know, who's primarily been a AR manufacturer for the past several years, you know, they just launched their new bolt gun. Um, I didn't have a, a bunch of time to play with it or anything, so I, I don't have a, a true assessment of it. But the fact that they're getting into the bolt gun market is pretty phenomenal. And it kind of tells everybody what direction the firearm sports is going towards. Yeah, I think uh, technology is definitely driving some of the nature of the sport as well. When we first got into it, uh, you really a lot of people were hesitant to shoot a six millimeter cartridge because. Uh, you may not get your impacts uh, called at, uh, at distance targets, you know, at, at target 800 yards away and farther. And uh, with uh, magneto speed coming out with these flashers that uh, are really affordable and are really easy to use. Uh, we just see people, uh, I mean, I remember guys, uh, Oklahoma boys coming out with their six dashers and their BRs and thinking, wow, that's, that's too slow and that's too small. But uh, with, with flashers, now we're able to use some of these uh, other other firearms and i think it's drawn um other people and uh, other sponsors uh into the sport and um we're we're definitely setting the bar higher as far as what can be achieved so you know when you talk of technology um and magneto speed coming up with these flash indicators these hit indicators which are phenomenal thank you magneto speed for being a sponsor of the nrl in these matches um technology on that aspect aspect of it i think is phenomenal because it really helps us call the sport fair it makes it easier for us to to be um confident in you know impacts or misses and so on and so forth but some people think that too much technology in this sport can be bad what do you guys think <laughs> i mean we're all um, out there with computers now and and kestrel just launched their new computer system deal that you know we're is it good is it bad is it you know what do you guys think? Well, you know, technology is great. And like Christopher was saying, you know, technology is driving the sport. The sport is driving technology. And I think before I got into this game, before a few years ago, um, I know that, you know, they didn't, they didn't use as many props or as many cheats, if you will, you know, to, to get stable. And this, this sport seems to be evolving just, just as fast as it possibly can and things are changing all the time and it's 
it's a game. I think we need to just see it as that, you know, it's, right. we're not trying to duplicate what the military is doing and what they're capable of. It's a game. And that's what makes it so much fun. It's a game that people go and play and, and, uh, you know, everybody needs to kind of look at it like that, but, uh, it's a lot of fun to play. And, and, uh, you know, I, I like, we've gotten, well, we've got almost no restrictions for gear on most of the stages. You know, you can use whatever you want to use, whatever you have time to use, but, uh, you know, different people have different opinions on that, but that's kind of the, that's the way I look at it anyway. Yeah. Aside from bags, and uh like stage prop type gear i mean a lot of the technology uh electronics are making the sport uh, easier for people to get into they're getting their dope quicker and easier and, and and calibrating uh drag curves and so it's it's uh it's definitely helping people but you know at the end of the day uh, you still have to make the shot and uh it's only you behind the gun uh reading the wind i mean there's there's no technology right now um, that's available to a shooter, an average shooter, that is helping anybody with the the wind down range, and that's the variable. That if you if you do your homework and you do your due diligence with uh, getting your dope and you know where your bolts dropping, and you've done your load workup, then the the last thing to chance is the wind. And so if you build a steady position, and you uh, you do everything else right, then you still have to dope the wind and there's, there's nothing uh, beating that. And so everybody's shooting the same course of fire. They might hit it at each stage at different times during the day. And so they have potentially a different wind condition, but I think it averages out uh, for the most part. And so everybody's shooting the same course of fire and uh, it comes down to, uh, you know, did you do your homework back home? Did you, you have a gun that, uh, that you you have faith in and then can you read the wind? Awesome. Now, Another trend that I wanted to ask you too about, because you guys have been around for a little bit, is a few years ago, everybody was trying to cut weight, cut weight, lighter, 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 smaller rifles, you know, now everyone's trying to figure out how to add an extra 20 pounds to their rifle. Uh, you went to, you know, the sport is going to a smaller caliber to a, a six you know, millimeter variant, which traditionally has less recoil, less of than obviously a 308 or even a 6.5. But now on top of going to a lighter bullet, they're adding more weight to the rifle. Good idea, bad idea. Where do you guys fall in between? Are you guys adding weights to your rifle? Is it a trend or is it something that's going to stay? I think everybody should realize that everything Philip Vallejo knows came from <laughs> Solomon Mansala. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I really like Philip. And, uh, you know, he, he, he showed, he did all those up downs and made that video and, uh, and, and showed what he can do with the rifle. And it's just phenomenal. And I think, uh, you know, different courses of fire lend themselves to lighter or heavy rifles. And, uh, if a match director can definitely build a stage where it's naturally more advantageous to have a heavier rifle or a lighter rifle. And these are all things that a uh, match director wants to take into account when they build the stage. And, uh, try to try to even it out or you just tell people hey you know it's going to be long range you're going to be prone a lot and uh you know potentially a heavier rifle is better personally i mean uh i'm not sure i want to be uh carrying 20 pound rifle and i run it on a stage does it really make you steadier 
I'm not, uh, and I'm not finishing the top 10 right now. So maybe I'm not the person uh, to weigh in on it, but uh, I'm not sold on the heavy rifle is better. I, I, I like the, I like the heavier rifle better, you know, but obviously there's a, there's optimum weight, I think. Um, obviously you can get too heavy, but just being able to visualize your, you know, your impacts or misses, see your trace better with the heavier rifle, I think is better. But like Philip was saying, you know, moving it fast, you can't move it as fast. So like Christopher was saying, if, if there's a, a lot of movement, a lighter rifles might be better. Um, it just depends on the course of fire and what you're more comfortable with. So it's almost becoming like, um, for lack of lack of a comparison, almost like golf, where you, you should have multiple rifles for different purposes, different stages. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, uh, I've seen in some matches where guys actually try to swap out barrels for different stages. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think I draw the line there. That yeah. it's one <laughs> rifle. It's one rifle. And you're going to run it for the whole match. But yeah, I mean, matches get reputations and uh, like, well, Christopher has this much land to deal with. And so he's going to build, you know, a course of fire like this or, um, you know, at at an Eastern match, maybe they don't have as much distance. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of positional stages and uh, matches develop reputations and and you potentially choose the cartridge you're going to shoot at that match based on uh, previous years, uh, the course of fire during previous years. So it's definitely planning and understanding how the match director works, the terrain and the environment that you work in or that you're going to be shooting in definitely has its advantages. Yeah, I'd say so. Awesome. I used to to think that it'd be great to have, you know, two different cartridges, one for a real windy place and one for a not-so-windy place, but, man, it just gets so confusing. I think it's better, I found it's better for me just to stick with one cartridge and and know your gun and know what you can do with it and, and just go with it from there. Matt, master what you have. What's that? I, I said become a master of what you have. Right, exactly. Terrific, terrific. So the the Axis Works match was completely um, squatted and registration and everything was done through you guys. So I have no idea who's shooting this match. Um, you guys obviously do. Who do you think are your top 10 choices to finish or maybe top five choices to uh, to go for that first, second, and third place? Who do you think is going to take it? Well, it's always anybody's game, you know. Um, there's there's we've got most of the heavy hitters from the Western United States coming to the match. So there's a lot of heavy hitters from the Western United States. So, you know, if you can name one of the heavy hitters from the Western United States, he's going to be there and he could win it. Um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to name names because then I'm going to forget someone and leave them out. <laughs> but uh, I you know, there's almost everyone that I can think of that is, you know, top five, top 10 guy from, from the Western United States is, is signed up and is going to be there. There's uh, there's some guys that, that have been in top five and top 10 that won't be there, but you know, your typical top five guys, they're all there. You know, Jake's there, John's there, Phillip's coming. There's, you know, See, I'm going to forget somebody now. And Steve, <laughs> Steve is coming. <laughs> uh, who else am I forgetting, Christopher? 
Help me out. Uh, Sol- Solomon Monsalas making a comeback. He'll be there. Uh, he'll be there, yeah. Nice. This will be his second time out to uh, Big Sandy in just a few months, huh? Yeah, we, uh, we've had a lot of really good support there from people uh, coming out and shooting. Uh, Jake shot there before when we did the ELR match and this, uh, um, didn't have a lot of luck. And so I think Jake's coming out to try to get some um, redemption. And, uh, and the, the guys from down in Phoenix have been shooting really well. Matt Knightsky uh, has been killing it lately. And uh, uh, Matt Levine, uh, you know, who knows what he's going to do. Um, he, he's, uh, he's a pretty good shooter as well. So we'll yes, see. I think this match is going to be a phenomenal match to start off the 2019 season. Um, for those of you that are waitlisted, <laughs> you, oh, you yeah. got to get on that button faster. <laughs> so uh, we have we have probably well the people that we've just told don't bother on the waitlist because we're already like forty or fifty deep. But uh, yeah, if you're if you're on the waitlist, we're gonna contact you here in the next little bit. But um, we're oversold with sponsor slots. We're oversold uh, in the match. Uh, there's uh if you're on the wait list, there's there's a very slim chance that you're gonna get in. Well, you know, I think what limits matches is uh, is having ROs. How many stages can you run at one time? And uh, and so uh, we're looking at building that support stronger, so uh, we we can maybe run all 20 stages at the same time, and then we could have uh, even more shooters. But uh, we're gonna take it one step at a time, and we got as many shooters in as we could this year. I think we're gonna have about 110 or. A, 115 shooters and uh um yeah we're really sorry that we couldn't get everybody in and uh next year we'll, we'll hopefully can uh we can have more ROs and we get uh, more shooters as uh as weird or bad as this sounds I'm actually glad that you guys have a wait list I mean there was you know a couple of years ago if you didn't if you weren't on that button at opening registration you know in the first couple of hours you weren't going to that match and I think that was part of the fun of it and some of the frustration but you know, there was really a huge demand for the sport. Um, and then, you know, last year, a lot of matches didn't fill up because there was an oversaturation of, of matches um, all across the country. Um, and now, you know, this being the first match of this season and you guys selling out in, what was it, like 48 hours or something of that nature? It was you four know. days. We sold yeah. out. It was somewhere around four days. Plus oh, four days. Days. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. We sold out yeah, in a minute. It was it's huge. Yeah, Rusty's getting yeah. really popular. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think everybody, uh, everybody from up north is really anxious to come down here in the Arizona desert in the winter and thaw out, and so that uh, that definitely helped some of the popularity. I think. Well, it's it's been uh, definitely the talk of of the town. Um, I know that we're super excited to be there. Um, if you can't be there, we're going to do our best because we do get some cell service uh, out at Big Sandy. We're going to do our best to do some live feeds and some uh, live interviews. And there's going to be a, uh, uh, a very special a special uh, event, uh, something happening at the match uh, that, uh, you know, it's 90, 90% there. And so we want to make sure that uh, we're going to do our best to live feed that. So make sure if you're not able to attend the match that you check out the NRL website, the NRL social media on Facebook, NRL Instagram, so that you can stay uh, up to date with what's going on with the match, who's who's winning, who's falling behind, who's pulling their hair out, and who's having a good time. <laughs> so, 
One of uh, we're almost up on time here, but one of the things that I love asking shooters specifically um, is, and I'm going to ask each of you this: um, What are your top three things that you must have at a match that is not gear or match related? So, for instance, what an example of that—that's kind of a confusing question. An example I asked one shooter: He always has to have chocolate in his pack. He will not shoot a stage until he's had a bite of chocolate. You know, we know some other shooters that have lucky underwear. We know some other shooters, <laughs> you know, that carry a rabbit's foot. What are your three top top three things that you have to have or do before going to a match? Um, being fair skinned, I have to have sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> very important. Uh, That's very important for yeah. everybody. Because uh, sometimes I forget it and I'll, I'll burn. Um, and uh, boy, not gear related. That's that's a tough one. I'm not I'm not real superstitious. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I need a leave. I'm getting old enough in the years so now. I need to make sure I take a leave in the morning. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that, that's a good one as well. <laughs> I have I have to take that every day, match or not. I was gonna say one thing. I get migraine headaches, and if I don't uh, if I don't have my migraine meds, then that can get ugly. So that's one thing I always have to have. Uh, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys uh, being on the show, taking the time out of your day. Um, like I said, we're just you know we're we're recording this at the end of January. This will be released hopefully next week. So. We'll be about a week out before the big match, the opening season of 2019. Um, we're very honored as far as the NRO um, and all the shooters. We're very honored that you guys are are uh, doing the inaugural match for this season, and we can't uh, can't wait to get out there soon enough. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for all the support. Yeah, thanks. Really appreciate it. <clears throat> Likewise, gentlemen. You guys take care. All right. All right. Have a good one. See you.